Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series, interviews with top mortgage sales leaders. Learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pat Sherlock. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic is a terrific one, building a high-performance team in a remote selling world. Our expert is Kim Divat, who is market manager for Prime Lending. Prior to that, Kim was with Union Savings Bank in National City. Kim is currently president of the Ohio MBA. Hi, Kim. Well, hello, Pat. How are you? Great. This is a terrific topic, and I'm so glad you're willing to share your thoughts about it. But first of all, before we kind of talk about the topic, tell me how you got into the business and how did you get into managing? Well, that's that's always a long story, I think, like anybody in this industry, is we kind of stumble across it, or it's the industry and getting into it. Over oh, almost 30 years ago, I was working for one of the top real estate brokers in the area, and I assisted the owner brokers with writing up their contracts, and also the bigger thing was setting and scheduling their listing showings at that time it was where you had to pick up keys in the office and and get a little slip of paper paper that described the, the property so that was quite a while ago and then I noticed that a lot of the agents had a lot of flexibility and hours that they worked late hours and some worked harder than others but they reaped a lot of the reward of the the benefit of their hard work and that intrigued me into getting into sales so with that time I, I started into selling fax machines at that point they, they called them facsimile machines and I stayed in touch with the real estate agents that I worked with and they introduced me to a mortgage banker and that's kind of how my my career took off I grew my book of business and was one of the top producers producing over 400 units a year with just myself and an assistant and then uh, found myself helping a lot of other uh, loan officers and mentoring them into growing their book of business and really became my passion. So when the opportunity came to lead a team and grow a team, uh, that's what I, I transitioned into and moved my book of business off of to, uh, to the other team members. But it really, that's what drove me. Um, it, it, it was a passion with, within me to help others grow and just the transition was easy and natural into management. So Kim, what's your biggest challenge now as a market manager that you would want to share with our listeners? I believe my biggest challenge as a leader is when I, I'm always wanting to help the team to help the loan officers grow and overcome their challenges and and with the transition through the year of COVID that we had and really reinventing how you do business my biggest challenge is I will always try to find solutions and so many times when you're uh, coaching or mentoring a team they just need someone to hear them they just want to be heard and a shoulder to lean on and they're not asked they're not looking for the solution but just to be heard and that is a big challenge for me is to stop not try to solve the problems but just to be an ear for them to to 
to listen to. So, Kim, when you look at 2021, which has been certainly a surprise, I think, for many people, what's been the biggest surprise for you? Or did you just assume that eventually we would transition from refis to purchase money? In 2020, what we were going through with COVID and and the shift in everybody's lives um, adjusting to the crisis that we were in, interest rates so low, we still were in a very high purchase market. Mm-hmm. Um, there were home buyers out there, right and left, along with the abundance of refinances. And, and I think a bigger surprise too is how strong and resilient people are with the challenges everybody was facing in their lives due to COVID. And, and being in the mortgage industry, unlike many other industries, we were blessed with abundance. However, that abundance also required a lot of us to adjust to long hours sitting at your home office and and many on the kitchen tables trying to keep up with the high influx of customers due to the low interest rates, some with their their kids at their feet, and, and there was never a break. And I have been so impressed how resilient everybody has come together and support each other and now that we're getting on to the other side of it, adjusted to a new way of doing business. That's really a great point for sure. It certainly has been an incredible year for mortgage banking in 2020. And really this year is looking like it's slower, but it's just more normal is what it comes down to. So, uh, which mm-hmm. leads to my next question about how do you continue to learn? You've been in the industry for a long time. How do you stay on top of things from a learning perspective? And what's the biggest area that you're focusing on this year? The evolution of our business and our industry with technology and webinars and access to the internet makes it so much easier to have the resources to learn and in the environment such as your podcast you have some amazing podcasts of individuals that you interview and and just by listening to others talk about the challenges they've gone through how they've navigated the challenges they've been through and, and what what they've done to overcome these things has been a great learning experience so i always try to block at least one hour every day, whether it be in the morning or at the end of the day, to either listen to a podcast, do some reading, and and just really involve my mind into expanding into how others are doing it. My my goal is always, how do we do this more efficiently? That's always my goal. Every day I look look at how we're doing things. No matter how good we're doing it, there's always going to be something we can do a little bit better. And that keeps everybody growing. So Kim, is there anything in particular from a learning perspective that you're focusing on this year versus maybe last year? You know what? I'm looking more for the internal processes. Uh, We've been, you know, coming out of, of the mortgage meltdown, we had really an influx of compliance and TRID and a different way that we had to do business and a lot of difficulties that we we encountered and trying to adjust how we um, did our, our loans from how we manufactured a loan from start to finish. And now that we're past a lot of that and we, we've got a lot of those those pieces smoothed out, there's there's that in between that how do we navigate the changes with the guidelines of how do we interpret COVID? How do we mm-hmm. catch more things up front versus 
down the line right before closing. How do we make that experience better for a customer? There's always something we can do better. And that any anybody in this industry could say there's there's with the amount of changes that we face day in and day out of our business, there is always a way to do it better. Kind of my focus. Well, that's the exciting part about mortgage banking. So it's a really great point that you're making. So let's go deeper into this fantastic topic of building a high performance team in a remote selling world, which is our world. So share some of your thoughts. Well, you know, I, I hate to sound redundant on it, but I am a, a strong believer in technology, technology, technology. It's, you've got to embrace it. And I know we've, we started preaching this, oh, five, ten years ago and said, if you don't embrace it, you're going to be left behind. And I think right now we are seeing those who haven't embraced it are being left behind. I am seeing a true difference in, in the producers that have capitalized on your automation through updates, that through a CRM system, through utilizing what Fannie and Freddie have provided with day one certainty points or property inspection waivers. Those loan officers and salespeople that are embracing those technologies are excelling more. They're giving more time back in their day or more business in their, their book of business. It's a must. Yeah, you raised really a fantastic point. And I'm curious on your thoughts on what type of individual accepts that technology and then the others just resist it. And I, I'm curious on how you see that. Our concerns in our industry over the, the past several years has been our aging industry where we see an average mortgage banker ages in their mid-50s. And that's, that's an age where you can see and you're, that either going to change or dig your heels in and not. And, and definitely that's been a challenge for many that, hey, I, I just, I'm too old to learn this. Well, you're never too old. You're never too old to learn right. something new. And those who fight it and resist it, 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 that's what they'll get. They, their business is declining. There's going to be somebody else behind them that is, is going to be ready to embrace that. And that's going to get the customer. You, you've got to be there on your, your applications online. You've got to make it easier for the customer. In technology, we, we are living in a world where the customer wants that ease of use. They want to be able to do um, an application from their kitchen table over the phone or, or sitting at their computer when they've got some quiet time. That's what, that's what our, our, our customers, our consumers want, and we have to be willing to adapt to that and get out of your own your old ways. And if you don't, I mean, you could still succeed, and I see many still succeeding, but they're not growing. Well, you raised an interesting point, Kim. Do you think we need to be better as managers interviewing for that ability to want to use technology? Because a lot of times lenders really don't, uh, they don't identify that in the interview process. What I try to do when recruiting and interviewing, if there are many producers out there that don't need to, that, that are very good at bringing in that business. And they're, they're good at just handing it off to an experienced team to drive it. And then there's others that are just hands-on and controlling of that. So if you can succeed with both those models, mm -hmm. if you have a loan officer that does not want to embrace the technology and they want to go out and, and nurture their relationships one-on-one -on -one by cup of coffee or over the phone now with or Zoom calls, 
that's okay. That still brings in the business, but we need to build systems around them to support their success. And then there's the, the other side of that, those who just want to um, take advantage of all the technologies and that there's good, there's, there's places for both. It's just being willing to support them and what they want to do and how they want to do that business. So from your viewpoint, when you're talking about managing these individuals remotely, talk about are you doing Zoom calls or how are you how are you engaging with them and what does your typical work week look like with the the Salesforce really kind of diverse? I can't say that's not been without challenge because normally I, I'm always one that I like to sit down and have a conversation and uh, face-to-face versus over the phone and, and via Zoom. But I, like, like, I've, like I've preached to others, had to adapt to the new ways of staying in touch. And Zoom, FaceTime, but really a phone call and it is the best thing. I always say, even if you don't have time, it's so easy to record a voice message and send it to them over the text. Hey, I'm thinking about you. Want to know? I'm so impressed with what you've accomplished. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm here if you need anything. Please let me know. It's the consistency that we have to keep keep up with and be there for. And, and at the end of the day, you got to care for your people. And when you care for your people, it shows. I, I think they they can feel that. So Kim, in a regular week, your typical week in, when you're managing a sales force. What part of the day is this every day or or do you rotate one day i'm I'm going to spend time with X and then next day I'll spend time even if it's with Zoom or a phone call. How does that look for you and what's the pattern that you follow? I uh, you know i I manage also operations teams, so it's it's a constant um, juggle between one week I'm going to be focusing on operations and making sure the touch points there that checking with my operations manager and, and I, every day I, I spend a bit of time in the morning coming up with a game plan for the day or talking about any issues with my operations manager. Then I'm talking to my, my manager and my production managers as well. So those are the, the must each and every day. Mm-hmm. Then the other days is going to be filled with either the sales or the, the operations team and Constantly trying to to check in to make sure you're okay to make sure if there's any needs any bumps any problems and and it's it's hard it's I, I can't say I do that without without failure because there's many times it it becomes overwhelming when when uh, you have something that's come or life happens it's tough to keep that consistency but I try to keep that to the goal and if I can keep that continued in my in my focus then. Hopefully, I'll, I'll achieve that a majority of the time. So in a given month, would you say that you're talking to your originators uh, once or twice a month, each individual versus having the group meetings? I um, With the team, I, I try to make sure that there's some producers that obviously need more TLC um, than others. Those are, I'm talking <laughs> talking to more often than than others just want to be left alone. Hey, hey, I'll I'll reach out to you when I need you, Kim, and and that's okay. So it's, it's knowing the different personalities and their styles and adapting to their styles and not mine. So I, I don't ever want to be so rigid that I say this is what my structure is 
are you available for a phone call when that person says, no, I just leave me alone. I want to do my job and I'm doing a good job with it and I'll call you if I need you. So it's, it's just keeping myself flexible to their style and not trying to force my style on them. Yeah, that's a really good point. But how do you handle, and this is a big issue that I hear from a lot of managers, how do you maintain a culture when you are remote? And I think that's something that I hear managers really grappling with. It is. That is, that is a tough one. And, you know, now as we're into the month of April and, and our, I know our corporate office has started to transition some of their employees back into the office. The majority of ours are, our employees are saying, I'm comfortable at home. I do a good job at home. I don't want to or need to come into the office, but maybe couple times a month. That's a challenge because obviously by bringing people back into the office, you create that camaraderie where right. you're, you're constantly sharing good ideas and that. It, but that's, that's not going to, I don't think, ever come back um, to the full extent it was. So how do you create that camaraderie is, is a challenge. Uh, and I've tried many, many options right now where we're just uh, rolling out a game night where it's a remote Zoom game night. Uh, there, I'm seeing companies that do uh, these games virtual, which is a really good option. Get to get people excited and get people comfortable again with each other. Because also during this past year, we've brought in new employees, and those new employees went straight to home, so they haven't had a chance to really get a strong relationship with others. So it's how do you build those relationships again? So they're dependent upon each other and sharing their knowledge versus struggling in their own cocoon there and trying to to navigate systems and answers. There's so many resources that we have from our seasoned employees that we are are constantly trying to work to get those relationships together. So really, it, it that is a challenge. I, I don't. I wish I had the right answer to say this is what we do and we do it well. It's what we try to do and try to try to constantly try different avenues to see what will work. And I think that's what we all have to do is, is add a variety of options out there and, and hope that if we help two relationships, that's great. If we help 10 relationships, that's fantastic. But we don't know until we try. Yeah, that's really a good point. And actually, the time has flown by. Is there a couple takeaways that you would like to give our listeners today? I I just want to thank you again, because I've enjoyed these podcasts. This is how I learn. And I've learned from so many of, of the interviews that you've done. And I hope I'm able to give back as well and appreciate support that you've given everybody out there. So thank you. Well, thanks, Kim. I certainly, your insights were terrific. And I think this will be a very popular podcast for sure. So thanks for everybody for listening to the podcast. And we certainly appreciate you spending time with us. Thanks again, Kim. Thank you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We appreciate you spending time with us. If your sales team needs training in hiring and lead generation, schedule a free consultation by emailing me at psherlock at qfsconsulting.com.